Hello, hello. You are listening to the Salon Owner School podcast. I'm Sam Huber, the CEO here at PIP University. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. To learn more about PIP University and our course for salon owners, Rich Life CEO, you can visit us at pip-university.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. The topic that we wanted to talk about was front desk or deskless. And by that we're not meaning like do you physically have a front desk in your building or do you not it's more of the quality um that could bring having a we call them ght so guest happiness team to your company or if you think it's something that you can go without so there's a lot of different opinions about this and thoughts behind it and even probably some stats behind it as well. And we're just opening up the floor for everybody to give some input onto what they think is best for them and their company so everybody can learn and take what they want from it and be able to either implement to your own company, ask questions, anything like that. So who wants to go ahead and get started first on their feelings on having a front desk or going deskless? I mean, I will. I'll break the ice. All right, um, go right ahead. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, so we are a deskless salon. We have been for almost three years now. We came back from COVID with this mobile model, but I want to clarify what that really means. I think there's a lot of misconception in our industry right now of ditch the desk and ditch the people. We are not peopleless. We are a fully mobile, quote unquote, salon, but I am not without people. What I have done is I have reorganized how my client experience team operates within the business. What I kind of call this is hospitality in a digital age. So yes, we are fully utilizing a self-checking kiosk. We are fully utilizing chairside checkout, but what I'm not doing is I don't have a traditional setting where guest comes in, uh, guest care team or front desk team stays stationary behind the desk. You know, it's very much like a, a doctor's office feel. And that is really what I wanted to get away from. What I have done is I've upped the client engagement in our salon by creating more touch points. We answer the phone offsite now so that the guest within the salon you know, when the guest is uh, waiting to book future appointments or they're w- waiting to check out and your front desk team is on the phone, well, the people on the phone don't know that you have a line of people in front of you. The people in front of you don't understand the importance of the client on the phone. So we have removed all of that and we've kind of created a harmony around this. But I think that, you know, when we initially say front desk and desk list, they immediately think nobody's there. You know, we do fully uh, uh, utilize QR codes that play some welcome videos and things like that in the event that one of my concierge is not readily available. But I thought, let's break the ice with that. And then if people have, if you guys have questions for myself, you know, this will then, you know, lead us into this conversation. I do for sure. So thank you for starting that. What do you feel like your guests have experienced since you guys have changed the way that the guests Uh, approach when they come into the salon, the way that the service goes throughout them from the start till the end that they leave? Like, what is it that you feel like your guests have experienced and that they've noticed as a difference themselves coming in and getting their hair done? Sure, absolutely. So for us, you know, and this isn't, this is definitely not the case for everybody. 
you know, and I am also a, a data nerd and a data junkie. And I know that a lot of salons that I talk to around the country, based upon their finances, technically most of them pay their support staff more than an owner's draw, more than, more than they pay anybody else within the business. And, or they can't afford a desk in general, like they can't afford a front desk team in general based on square footage and, you know, what the revenue is. So they shouldn't, that's a, this is a really great model for that because they shouldn't technically have one anyways. But for us, we did not know how bad our guest care team was until we didn't have just a guest care team anymore. And that was a really eye-opening experience for us when we went to this mobile model our guests were, we sent out a survey and they were like, oh my God, I'd like this so much better. I can't believe the, you know, the one-on-one attention I'm getting now. I don't feel like I'm left in this gray area in the salon. So for us, we experienced a higher average retail ticket. My pre-book percentage went up over 23% because my service providers and or their direct assistant are booking the future appointments. It's not being relied upon for the front desk. So for us, I've been really able to enhance that client experience in the salon. And this is something that I revisit all the time. We just had a meeting actually on Thursday about how can we now up this game? I'm never satisfied with just, okay, we're successful at it. I always want to make it better. You know, so for my side of things, our client experience was able to elevate because we were more of a, on a one-on-one basis versus leaving it to my front desk team that may or may not drop the ball. So that's, you know, from my perspective. Jen, that's so great. Cause you, you explaining all of this, you know, I come from the positioning of, I am like die hard front desk team, like even more than my service providers. <laughs> I like live for my happiness team. And it's interesting that you say, because I'm not super opinionated on whether we're deskless or not. And really that comes from, I should say whether we're deskless or we're like a mobile, you know, sales team up there. But really that's probably because of ignorance, just because I don't, well, what could it do for the company? What could be the pros? What could be the cons? What, is there a potential increase in revenue by us doing that? And we did, we got rid of our front desk in, I don't know, maybe 2017. And it was a full year that we just had like little podiums throughout the salon. And we created, cause my salon's 5,000 square foot. So we've got just a ton of space and we have this office that we call the box office. And that's where we would do all of our reservations. So answering the phone, stuff like that, because we didn't exactly what you were saying. We didn't want guests to be coming in, waiting in line. And then our guest happiness team choosing between, do I answer the phone? Do I deal with the guest in front of me? This way, the guests that are in the salon are top priority, but the guests that are calling also get to be top priority just by people that are in our box office answering calls. We did that for a year and honestly, it was an uphill battle for me. This was, we probably actually did this in 2018 because it was in the transition of me getting the salon ready for me to move to Houston. So I really started pulling back with how much I was going into the salon. And when you change something like this and you've got people that have been working for you for years, usually the visionary is the one that wants 
wants the change. They're open to change the most. It takes a strong level of leadership to get the rest of your team bought into this, especially the ones where it's going to affect their day-to-day job the most. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't in there enough to really lead and show why we're doing this. You know, there's definitely some leadership flaws in there as to why they just were not on board. And after a year, they were begging. And of course, they're like, our guests hate it. Our guests want a place to put their purse. Now, I know that out of 10 guests throughout the day, maybe two or three might have said something. And of course, those are the two or three that we focus on that, you know, want the desk back. So I'm totally open to a mobile, um, you know, workplace when it comes to our guest happiness team. When we did it, it didn't work for us. But I know that that's more so because of the lack of leadership that was in there and really training their minds to see what the positives are as opposed to all the things they hate about it. Because there was plenty of things that they hate about it. How did you get past that? Um, sure. So for myself, I'm and I'm, I'm going to be completely upfront with this, I'm still managing this daily. Okay. I am mm-hmm. still, I'm in the salon Monday through Thursday. I am constantly reminding, where's your iPad? You know, that was that was one of our big shortcomings early on is we have three iPads and they would constantly be left all around the salon and my concierge yep. would never have them. I bought them holsters. Now they wear the now they wear the iPad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because it was I put the iPad down and then I'm gonna go do a shampoo. Where'd the iPad go? So yes, I was like, yes. okay, well then let's come up with the solution. Will you wear it? Yep. I said, Great, just like the Verizon store, we're gonna wear the iPads. Now they constantly have them. Okay. So for then, but then my service providers got more engaged and they're like, well, we could do everything on the iPads that we could do that on our phones. I said, great. If you want to book their future reservation while the guest is processing, because we really pride ourselves on really not trying to double book that we try. I mean, I have master artists that do it, but we even try to keep them away from double booking. And I think we all kind of navigated towards that route when we came back from COVID and really trying to up our value and up our client experience. If you can do it on the phone, fantastic. I don't really care who books that future reservation, but it's either yourself or it's one of the members of the concierge team. I split the salon. I have front of the house and back of the house for concierge. Now, I'm not. I'm going to say that there are times where I still haven't figured it out perfectly yet. For example, we're going into holiday. There will be a lot of walk-in shoppers that you know mm-hmm. come come into Roots. That sometimes I have to pop over there. Okay, yep. because we'll be we'll be so busy and my office is next door in our studio sleep business. Really for holiday right now, I am trying to staff two concierges during our busy or three concierges, I'm sorry, during our busy times because I have front of the house, back of the house, and then if we're busy during I'm gonna say shopping times, I require that third person. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm not completely like you don't ever need anybody ever, you know, it's not, it's not like that. You know, there are times where you're like, wow, I do need that body. You know, I'm interview. I have three interviews this week for more of a boutique position within the business. Um, so they'll have a boutique license. They'll be able to shampoo, but they're going to be straight front of the house concierge. So that is booking future reservations, showing guests how to use a self-checking kiosk, um, getting them their beverage of choice and then selling retail. So it's not much different than what you're saying. I want them to be salespeople. The only difference is that they never sit down and they're, and they're yeah. doing other things within the business. I, does that kind of answer kind of what you're saying? It does. And cause that was going to be my next question is what are the exact roles? Cause I, 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 what I'm getting the sense of is that the main differences between 
your business and, and mine is that happiness team they just are mobile they're not sitting down and they do a lot of what the only main difference i see in a in a normal cycle of service for a salon's front desk team is that ours does the pre-booking and yeah. you you're like i don't really care who does it as long as it gets done but yeah. their service providers are more so taking that on uh, correct and in addition in addition to the fact that my can concierge also shampoo Okay, so they might they might not be shampooing when they're front of the house. That's back of the house concierge, um, but there are they they have more. They also carry that assistant role with them as well. So for Roots, we are twenty two hundred square feet, and it is one big open box. So I, I have mm -hmm. been to Neat Beat when I visited before the Kentucky Derby. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you're so you're far, you're double our size. Okay, you're definitely double our size. So that creates different different scenarios within the business. So for our, the way we're set up, every one of my team members should absolutely be able to see when a guest walks in. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you know what I mean? So without a doubt, I should never lose that, that welcome, that sense of that process. Now I do have a 22 by 28 QR code stand, which is, in, which is right next to my kiosk, which in the event, for a few minutes or a few seconds, if somebody's not available, there's a 30 second welcome video that they could watch and it walks them through who we are, what we're about and what we would like them to do. Example, check in at the self-checking kiosk, feel free to shop around, their artist or the, a member of our experience team will be with them shortly. And then the other QR code is our current service menu within the business. Because I tried to get away from those paper menus and things. I have like yep. five throughout the business, but I tried to get away from all that paper clutter that I feel like is so dated. So yep. it does create, I am using technology, okay? But I'm not under the preface of technology is replacing people. You know, yep. so what yep. I have done is then when I visit, when I visited this with my team three years ago, I had said, listen, the amount of money that we are going to put that we were paying a desk and I had four just front desk members of the team. So I had a lead and then I had three, which were like fill-ins, you know, odd hours, weekends, nights, etc. I said, we are taking that position and we are spreading it throughout the business. We will now pay our concierge and our associates $3 more per hour, okay? So I was able to take that money and I put it back into the business. My team immediately bought in. No one ever said, you know, one of the common questions I get are from, from artists are, well, I'll, why don't I just go booth rent? Well, it's not, that's such an abrupt statement. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's such an abrupt comparison because it's, this is how our client cycle works. And because they saw higher average retail, they know their pre-booking percentage, you know, the data showed them that this works, you know? Mm -hmm. So for salons that are double and triple in size, well, it's not going to work as easily, but it still could work. Do you guys follow me? Yeah, totally. So when you get, you had four people, I always refer to it as a guest yeah. happiness team. You had four people on your guest happiness team, but then everybody was able to get a $3 raise. Did you... Did you cut that down to two people? I cut that down to two people. Correct. Got it. Correct. Perfect. So got it. So, so you were just able to become a little bit more efficient because technology took correct. care of. Correct. Yep. Correct. So I didn't get rid of all bodies. Yep. I reduced. Okay. Which, you know, one of the common, you know, I, I read an interesting article not too long ago that said, you know, we all preach that we, you know, 
80% of the salons or 50% of salons are diehards for their desk. Even they're 50%, if they really dig in, are like, we have a lot of shortcomings at the salon. That's usually the start and the stop of a lot of issues within a business. You know, whether it's, you know, for us, it was clients not being checked out appropriately or mm -hmm. they couldn't read the ticket, you know, all those all totally. things. And you're like, why are we spending so much time on some of these, all these menial things? So what I found with my own team, and it's embarrassing to say, is when we went this route, all of a sudden I saw my service sales go up and not huge amounts, okay? But, and I talked to my team about it and I said, what are you noticing? And they're like, well, we're taking ownership of the service that we're doing. I'm not forgetting that wax. I'm not forgetting that back yeah. treatment. I'm not forgetting, oh, I threw in a few highlights for that face frame. I'm charging for everything that I did. And you're like, Jesus, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think that was going to be one of the items that came out of this. You guys see what I'm saying? Like oh, I would completely. never really assume, but now they took ownership and they darn well do not forget any of the services that they are checking their guests out for, you know? And what they also noticed is my, is my client truly trusts their service provider. So when their service provider is recommending retail to them throughout that process, we retrieve it while the guest is processing. Okay, so while the guest is processing, they bag it, they add it to the ticket, it is waiting right there in front of them. It is very rare that the guest is going to say, I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, so I'm adding a touch and feel cart into this process for this holiday because our retail sales are down. And I think that's a, a typical trend right now for our entire industry. But I'm trying to figure out what experience our guests get at Ulta and Sephora um, mm -hmm. that they're not that we're not providing. So I'm trying to integrate a touch and feel cart. I'm trying to have that done by like next week. I don't really know how that's going to work yet and who's going to manage that. But I'm always trying to up the experience and not take it away. Got it. That's great. Jesse, or, or Jesse, you could definitely add to the mix also. But Jesse, I would love to hear from you because you have temporarily completely re- I want to say refurbished, that's not the word, uh, reworked, reworked what that guest experience looks like just temporary with everything that's, you know, happening in your salon. If you could touch on that, because right now, Jesse, you don't have anybody up there, right? Well, so we, um, okay. So we went deskless, um, like Jen, we came back after COVID and we had lost our front desk person. I have Lauren, who's my director of operations. So she takes care of our guests while they're in there. She's the one answering the phones um, and doing all that stuff. But I have, I mean, she's such an important role. You know, it was never, we, we had designed her role while we still had somebody else doing all the, you know, guest experience or guest happiness stuff. And so, you know, her value is so high in other areas. I really didn't want her spending a lot of her time doing all those, not menial, but the, you know, just the day-to-day -day, um, answering the phones and those kinds of things. So we really um, kind of stepped it up with technology so that we could go basically deskless. And so for me, it was, yes, I did not have the people like you guys, but what I had was a really phenomenal leadership team that held everybody accountable. We had great systems. And so for us, we did not see a dip in, I mean, we have always had very high retail numbers. Um, our service sales, we package everything. So, you know, I never really had that problem where people weren't um, 
adding things on, but you know, we never saw a dip in our service sales or our retail sales until we started kind of falling apart a little bit with um, all the personal stuff that my leadership team was going through. And so we had to kind of rethink and rework again. And so we changed softwares so that our guest experience was really great without the people. Um, so we, um, I wanted to make sure that we had an interface where guests really understood our software, where they could check themselves in. It gives reminders to, um, you know, if they haven't bought their retail, like, you know, are they looking for any retail? So it just, it took a lot of it out um, where we didn't have to worry about an actual person having those conversations, not, not having those conversations, but it was, it took place of a person. Does that make sense? So, um, but I actually, we have seen a dip in retail now, but like Jen said, I'm pretty sure that's across the board in the industry, but I did hire another person who is, she is directly in charge of our sales and backend stuff. So again, it's not somebody who's really, um, their only job is to do the sale or the, you know, answering the phones, making reservations, all of those kinds of things. Um, she's doing a lot of stuff on the back end. So I think if you have a really great sys, like if you have great systems, you have a really strong leadership team, it, you know, that would be a way that it would work to not have people and not have a desk. But if you don't have strong systems and you don't have the people who are there to lead and hold accountable, you've, I mean, you've got to have the people, whether or not you have the desk. I'm a big believer in the mobile um no desk like i i like my people up and around not sitting um very very similar to jen's salon i feel like um although it sounds like maybe she's got it figured out a little bit better than me so i might have to pick her brain a little bit more <laughs> i would after love to i'm here <laughs> after the clubhouse schedule a zoom call yes i'd love that you got it jessica what do you um what do you have to add to the mix yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like ultimately at the end of the day, everybody up here that's speaking right now has that same outlook on if you have a front desk or if you don't, that the position that they get to fill is a sales position. So being able to have that contact with the guests, like I know, Heather, in your salon, you will have several GHT members up at the desk. So it's very important that when that guest walks in the door, whoever is that GHT member to greet that guest sticks with that guest throughout the whole time that they're having an experience at Neepy because uh -huh. that helps to build that connection with the guest. And, and I think that's the piece that we're missing. And I know Jen, when you mentioned like the difference between us and then Ulta or Sephora, I think part of that is that connection. And that's what everybody up here really is saying right now is that you want your GHT members to build connection with the guests because ultimately that will help land us to making more sales when it comes to retail, when it comes to when they're booking their appointment, when it comes to just having that conversation when they come in and, and reconnecting from when you saw them four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and you know what's going on in their life and, and that gets to shift a little bit. Um, so I think that for us as well, like our front desk helps with 
the retail sales. You know, we have our, in Rich Life CEO, we have <clears throat> something that we coach to that's called the wrap structure. So it's retail add-ons and pre-booking. And a big, big part mm -hmm. of how that gets to be successful is the people that we have in place that work as GHT members to be able to help support the stylist. It's, it's everybody working as a unity with one common goal and that's what I think today really comes down to for everybody. My one question that I do have is, and this is for Jesse, which is funny because I work with you so closely and I don't even know this answer, but, um, and then also Jen, like, what does it look like for you guys? You said there's not somebody in there that is answering the phone per se and like taking phone calls, which I totally get because it is hard when a guest is standing up front and, you know, you do have somebody on the line and you're trying to give them that experience, but you feel like you have to cut it short. So what does that look like for you guys as far as who's answering the phone, where are they at, and how does how does that whole system work for you guys? Sure. Um, I'll go first there. So for us, we have an 87% online booking percentage. It wasn't always like wow. that. Okay. Okay. Um, so 87% of our guests book online and the other, well, actually re reduce that a little bit because the, the balance of that is pre-booked within the business. So if you count new guests, you know, 87% of our new guests are booking online. And then that ratio probably turns into 70-30 if you incorporate pre-books within the business, online booking. Um, and we are a million dollar a year revenue salon and I maybe get nine phone calls a day, maybe. Okay, so for us, I created a campaign that has been an everlasting, like the everlasting gobstopper campaign. Um, and when we were, when we were coming back from COVID, when it was announced Ohio could reopen, I took advantage of this because we had already made the conscious decision amongst our management team that we were coming back in this uh, new model. And within an hour, I had 125 voicemails and I had already made the conscious decision that I, we weren't going this route. So what were we going to do? I was like, well, I'm not returning 125 voicemails. This is never going to happen. We can't even split up because as fast as we're calling people back is as fast that new messages are going are being left. So we created a campaign that said no line book online. Okay. So you can book your future appointments. You can check your history, the whole, all, all the things that we know from there. It took about 90 days three to four client cycles for our guests really to get the fact that we want to strongly encourage them to pre-book their appointments and to book online. So what that did for us is that drastically reduced our call line. I have the phone in my office. When I'm out of town or I am traveling, speaking, et cetera, one of the concierge carries the phone and we have two computers that are set up in the back of the house that that is where the phone is left. It never makes its way to the front of the salon because of all the things that we just talked about. So okay. that's not an so overnight that success. Sense. That's not an overnight okay. process. So you're the one that is physically answering the phones because you are in the building working in the office, like you yeah. said, four days a week. Okay, Correct. So Correct. And on, on the weekends, the phone is left in the back of the house. So on Saturday, the phone is left at, at the back. Like when I leave on Thursday, I leave the phone. You know, Got in it. the event that I know that maybe I have a low key weekend at home, I'll take the phone with me. You know, I have access to all the things, obviously, in my home office. So but that's rare. You know, this weekend I did happen to take it home. So on Saturday morning, you know, any phone calls that came in, which I think there were three, I was able to answer, you know, but that that change in that process was probably the most fearful for my two owners was the whole phone situation. It wasn't the checkout situation. It was the phone situation. And that was not an overnight 
success. That took, like I said, a good 90 to 120 days to really get our guests to grab onto the fact that we want to either for you to pre-book your appointment when you're in the salon or we want it to book online. I have eight places on my homepage at salonroots.com screaming, book your appointment here. You know, so it's yeah. when somebody calls and leaves a message, real quick, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but I respond <laughs> back. If it's a voicemail through Textel, I text them back, okay? Because that's the other method that I would prefer them to reach out to us so that they get in the habit that they could text 330-721-4545 versus picking up and calling. Do you see what I'm saying? So I, oh, am, yeah. Yeah. I am coaching the client with how I want to respond to them. Does that make sense? Yes. And there's a lot of, there's so many people out there. I know some of the girls that I get to work with, like, I'm like, okay, does somebody want to call? And they're like, well, do we have to call? I'm like, girls, seriously, like pick up the phone and call somebody. Like they like to text, they prefer to text. So I get it that it is sometimes an easier way to be able and more effective way to be able to get a hold of somebody to be able to move appointment. And I'm assuming your salon software obviously allows that guest to be able to reschedule, cancel line yep. as well. So all, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a learning curve, maybe a little bit for them, but obviously you guys support it. Now for you, Jesse, I know for you, you, you're not in the salon um, physically to be able to answer the phone or, you know, you're, you mainly work from home and run your company from there. So what does that look like for you? Is Lauren the one that's answering the phone? Yep. Lauren will still answer the phone, but just like Jen, I mean, we really kind of coached and guided our clients to um, texting or, you know, for our new guests, we have a funnel where they, you know, fill out kind of like a new guest application or a questionnaire um, that way we get a lot of those questions that you would have to go through on the phone um, answered before we even like would reach out on the phone to them. So it, you know, we already have like what their hair history is. I mean, just like I said, all of the questions that you normally ask on the phone to, to kind of determine how long, what kind of appointment, which, which uh, service provider to put them with. So again, technology is kind of the saver for us because the more you can streamline and utilize technology to, I mean, basically not waste time or people energy is kind of where we were headed. Um, and Lauren took, I mean, she just kind of took that initiative and kind of like you were saying, you know, she would much rather talk to people over text versus actually talking to them over the phone, which is crazy because she's so poised and amazing with our guests, but yeah, she would prefer text. So I think once we got our cell phone back, I'm trying to think when we switched over to a cell phone versus like an actual landline, but that opened up text messaging for us. And then our guests slowly started using that more. Then we got our new guest um, application or forms, online booking, all of that kind of stuff. And so with our new software, we actually, um, guide our guests into booking their next few appointments themselves. They sit there and do it while they're still in the chair. So we're technically pre-booking, but the clients are do it, doing it themselves. So they really start to understand the software. They understand what appointments they're supposed to be booking themselves for. So it's really easy for them to get on and change their appointments if they need to and all of that kind of stuff. So just definitely not overnight. It was a a long process, but it was something that just naturally happened for us. It wasn't like a, we're consciously going to do this. It just kind of worked. It just felt that way. Well, yeah. and it's, it's because then the guest is sitting in the chair and the stylist, the service provider is able to support that guest of what it looks like to be able to book online. They're not getting online and trying to figure it out themselves to the point where right. they might get 
annoyed or irritated and then they're like, you know what, forget this. I, I'm not doing this, you know, because you do have people that come in, obviously, of all age ranges and some are better with tech and some are not. So, right. you know, you want to make sure that you're able to support anybody that's coming into your company. So thank you guys for that. Erin well, and hey, Amanda. I have, oh, yeah. Go ahead. One Jessie. more thing to add really quick, just because of what you were just saying, we, it's also really important to know those guests who do get uncomfortable with the technology and still want that guest experience that, you know, maybe doesn't involve the technology. So utilizing your notes, knowing your guests and then customizing their experience. So Lauren knows exactly who is okay with it and who's not. So do their service providers. So if it's somebody that doesn't want to have to book themselves, then we absolutely come over and make sure that that guest is taken care of in the way that they um, deserve to be taken care of. So it's, you know, some people really embrace it and some people don't. And so having your whole team know that and bought into taking care of that person in a customized way is important. Yeah. And they know that and you know that the guests appreciate it. I'm excited because we're actually getting a cell phone this week. So I'm excited to be able to utilize that tool for sure. So I want to open it up to Aaron and Amanda as well and see if you guys had anything to add. And then also invite anybody else up here to speak if you have any questions on anything that we went over today or wanted to add anything as well. Heather, do you have anything else that you want to add? Yep. Sure do. <laughs> How did I know that? You already do. So <laughs> I just, um, such a great, great conversation and as many things that are different, you know, with our front of the house, a lot of these things are very similar. I think we can all agree that utilizing technology, of course, is very, very important in the salon, specifically with the front of the house, but utilizing people is just as important as that as well. Like Jesse, you saying like Lauren is so valuable in the company and she's somebody that really knows how to customize the experience for the guest. If they're, if they're not really into the tech, if they don't mind the tech, it's just important to have people up at the front to create those, um, those relationships, because that's really why one of the main reasons why people come to our salons, whether they know it or not for real. I mean, I, I really do believe that. And my guest happiness team, it's, it's funny because our desk is, doesn't obviously roll around the salon. It's, it stays in, in place. But Erin, you said this uh, this weekend when we were at Jen's, like she fired somebody for sitting, sitting at the front desk. I mean, there's a few other things, yes. But the thing that really pissed her off is she saw that she was sitting at the front desk. And she was like, you don't sit down at the desk at my salon. And that's the same thing for mine. There was a time where the girls wanted to have stools and I'm like, man, I don't really care. Then when I would come in and the way that it would look, I'm like, no, 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 no. So we got rid of that years ago. It lasted maybe three months. And my girls, there's so much of the guest experience that our guest happiness team does. They're constantly moving around, but I have so I have three working at all times. So there's kind of like a rotation. And just this year, Jess, you mentioned that we implemented something that when a guest walks in the door, whatever guest happiness team person greets them, they do the rest of the experience with that guest because I want the guest to, yes, love our service providers, but I also want that guest to be obsessed with our guest happiness team. And I want them to have one person on our guest happiness team that they feel equal love 
that they feel towards their service provider. And that has been so cool for us this year because we've worked on our retention all year. We made a lot of changes at the beginning of the year. I'm talking like a ton. One of them was no double booking. And I think it's really cool, Jen, that you're like, you know, we really try not to double book. Well, I was definitely trying to double book. That's the only thing that I've ever known. And it brings in so much money. And of course, guest experience can be um, sacrificed at that, which is something that I didn't want, but also wasn't willing to give up the revenue for that. And my leadership team, when we got rid of tips, when we became no tipping at the beginning of the year, they were like, if we're going to do that, then we're, we also get to get rid of no double booking. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, our payroll is going to go through the freaking roof and we're going to get rid of no double booking. But it's worked out for us because we also raised our um, haircut prices by so much. So it's worked out. But doing that, we had a retention issue that we were trying to solve which is one of the things that we implemented with our guest happiness team being with one guest throughout the experience. But we also, um, utilization issue because I don't really know why, you know, it's that bottleneck that I'm not really for sure. We added five new girls to the floor because we were really starting to hire. It's probably some of that, but it's also probably some of all the changes that we've made. Well, this is just the last thing that I'm going to add to this clubhouse because I get to take a second to brag on our guest happiness team and how important humans are up at the front. Now, this shit takes time. Like, it takes time to train people like this. It takes time that if you are like Jen, you became really efficient with your people and had technology replace some of that, which is a great thing because it makes the business lean and you can still have a phenomenal guest experience. Our pricing, we have raised it so, so much that I want to make sure that our guest happiness team girls up at the front, it's like the last thing that they think about or that we think about when it comes to them fulfilling their jobs would be booking appointments. That would be like one of the very many things that they check off. And recently, because I'm like, we get to do something about this utilization issue. I signed them up for... Real Beauty Bosses. I'm just going to go ahead and say the name, say who these people are. Real Beauty Bosses, September 15th. It's all about utilization, like getting your salon to book a lot of appointments. I will say this. It works. The shit that they teach works. However, it could be the biggest waste of money that there is. $4,500 to take this course, three months. I will repeat myself. It could be the biggest waste of money if you, you know, put your, your team through this. Now, this is usually just a, um, independent thing. Like a lot of independent hairstylists do this, but I wanted to do it because I wanted to get our salon utilization up. And so I thought, who are the people that I can trust the most to follow through on this? It's my guest happiness team. They are fantastic at their jobs and I can rely on them a ton. So I had to get in there. They were in it for two weeks and nothing happened. There was, there was no results whatsoever. So I was like, okay, I'm going to have to really get in here and lead them. So I create, I spent a full week's worth of work creating the structure for them. It is now October. So we went hard in the paint. I had my first call with them where I was like, all right, this has been two weeks. Y'all haven't done anything. This is our new workflow for the rest of the year. So today marks one month. My guest happiness team has brought in $10,000 in new sales. These are new guests that knew nothing about Neepy that they found on their own through the Real Beauty Bosses techniques. So I won't really get into those because that's what they teach. 
but it takes a lot, a lot of determination from the guest happiness team. And I've had to help hold them accountable daily and give them some pretty strong incentives, but $10,000. And as of today, we've sold $12,900 in retail. Our salon GARD is $28 and 22 cents. And our ser service guests purchasing is 40.82% as a salon as a whole. They've booked 58 new guests since the beginning of, beginning of October. But let me see how many came in. Let me pull this up. 43 of them have come in so far in October. So that means we've got what? 15 people that are in the rest of November. We've got three people coming in today. That's all new guests. The reason that I just wanted to put this out there is to show you how much at your front, Jen Bodier calls them your sales team, how much they can really do for the salon when they are led. I'm Like I said, I'm not super opinionated on deskless or being mobile, but one thing I am very opinionated on is having people up at the front, but their job descriptions and their roles are so much more than booking new appointments. And this is just a great testimony for these three girls that work the front of the house at my salon to bring in this much revenue, this much retail sales, because our guest happiness team closes the retail sale. And for our retail numbers to look like this, this month is absolutely exceptional. So for all the salon owners that are going to listen to this, it is so wise to invest in the front of your house. They can bring in so much more money than they cost. And you can have a great, great balance like what you do, like you have, Jen, with having efficiency in your um, technology, but then having some humans that create that personal touch. So I'll stop right there. If anybody else has anything to add or if anybody has any questions or wants to come up, I guess this is called the stage. I'm not really for sure. Does anybody think, else have anything to add? Well, what I wanted to kind of emphasize on that I think is one of the biggest shortcomings, or if not the biggest shortcomings for salons across the country. And I know you experience this with those that you coach on a daily basis and whatnot, but any change within the business is just a change unless there's leadership behind it. You know, yes, every yes. no matter what it is, you know, it could be new pricing structure, it could be raising price, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be this, it could be this topic, fully mobile versus, you know, stationary. None of it's successful either way without strong leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, that's why mine wasn't successful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so and vice versa, you know, so with strong leadership, either one of these processes could be successful because neither one of them are peopleless, okay? And neither one of them are, not, neither one of us are saying, take all the retail out of your salon and go without it. You know, we're not saying Hell those no. things. You know what I mean? So we're not, either way, we're talking, it's all backed by strong leadership either way. And I think that that's the, that's the thesis of most change within a business, regardless of what that change is. Couldn't agree more. Anybody else have anything? I'm good. I think this was a great topic to go over. Yeah, me too. And Jen, thank you so much for joining yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Great. I love to jam on anything in involving this. So yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And Jess, thanks for starting us out and, and hosting us. This was awesome.
Yeah, you're welcome. Everybody have a good Monday.